look who we were raised by. We were raised by boomers who who were raised by the greatest generation. How do you get raised by the greatest generation and not have a huge chip on your shoulder? Right. <laughs> boomers, boomers did. And then they implanted it into our incredibly small Gen X uh, cohort. Right. And you take a look at it. Take a look at it. We we are the last feral generation when it comes to <laughs> giving a shit. You're listening to It Gets Late Early, a show about the experience of getting older in the tech industry. I'm your host, Maureen Wiley-Clough. Let's dive in. Welcome to It Gets Late Early. Today, I have a very interesting guest and an episode that I actually really don't know how it's going to unfold. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I have with me Chad Sowash, who is the co-host of the Chad and Cheese podcast, which is the most dangerous podcast in HR. Did I do that well? How that's was a that? great, uh, yeah, no, that was a great uh, monster truck. I did very good. You, <laughs> you, 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 you have. Did I nail it? Yeah, no, I, I think you should definitely go into voiceover work. Yes. You know, I'll think about it, especially like approximating a male voice. That's pretty fun. So I, I enjoy Sunday, it Sundays. Yes. <laughs> this Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Chad's been at the podcasting game for quite some time, so much so. He's such a pro that I kind of agreed to let him take the reins for this one. So I quite literally don't really know where this podcast episode's going to go. So it is the most dangerous episode I've done yet. So welcome. You asked for I it. I did. I did. And, and I was know like, what you also asked for? Uh, <laughs> it is. I it's mean, five o'clock somewhere. Our, our brand. Where? Yeah. Our brand <laughs> is, you know, a no bullshit approach and beer, bourbon, cigars, and just talking no BS. And that's what I want to do today. You sent me some stats. I sent you uh, some stats. And, and I thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and turn this conversation on its ear. So that's that's what I want to do today. That's what we do at Chad and Cheese all the time. We generally do it very organically. It's not like something we planned, much like we haven't planned this. Uh, so let's hit it. I'm a little terrified. I'm not going to lie, but I love it. And it's working for you <laughs> and your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Uh, that's the cheese part of the Chad and Cheese for everybody who's not aware. By the way, you should go get aware. And we're going to link uh, the Chad and Cheese podcast in the show notes and all that good stuff. And we're going to just kick back and have some fun today. I mean, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? And it gets late early. It gets late early. <laughs> it gets uh, so late many early. Jo- with so many jokes. They're just, kind of, you know, anyway, 9 a.m. here. Never mind. But anyway, let's jump in, Chad. Uh, so I sent you some stats. And the first one that is on this list is the average age for retirement has gone up from 62 to 66 over the past 20 years. Workers 50 plus make up over one third of the workforce. By the way, Chad, how old are you? 52. 52. All right. Just to level set everybody. 1971, baby. Nice. Very good (laughs) year. Very good year. Uh, 82 represent here. So not only do 62% of workers 50 and above believe older workers face age discrimination, but over 93% assert that ageism in the workplace is a regular occurrence. Shall I continue? Deep breath, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. Yes, carry on, carry on, carry on. All right, carry on. We're just going to keep on plodding through this. A 2017 survey revealed that 15% of respondents would not want a boss who was 70 years old, which is triple the number of respondents who said they would not want a 30-year-old boss. Very Mm -hmm. interesting. 
Very interesting preferential treatment there for the younger crew. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Shall I continue? Well, I tell, okay, let rolling? me let me just I'm just gonna go ahead and jump in right now. Let's just let's try in. to put all of this into context as Please. we're talking about the, the retirement age, you know. Yeah. We're really older. just growing. Fast. Yes. The boomer generation in itself was from 1946 to 1964. So that's someone around the age of 59 to 77. Now I'm going to pick on them today because they are a rather large demographic. And they're the ones that we can't get out of the damn workforce. Um, so back, back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, the median household income in Indiana, where I live in 1970 was $9,430. Doesn't sound like a lot of money, right? The median income today in Indiana is 31,000. So you're about three X, uh, what we had in 1970. Now the median price of a house in the Midwest, 1970 was $24,400. Today, it's $250,000. Wow. Over 10X, we're looking about 10X at at wages increase at about 3X. Price of college in 1970, four-year public college, $358 a year. God, what a Can you believe that? No, I can't. $358 a year. I can't. That is literally inconceivable. Today, knowing that we put kids through college, um, a four-year in-state institution, which is cheaper. Cheaper. $26,000, a little over $26,000 a year. That is over 72 times. And remember, wages went up three times, right? Yep. Uh, Yep. It ain't easy being young these days. No. Well, I mean, MIT's living, uh, living wage calculator for here in Indianapolis says that you have to make 67,000 over $67,000 if you are a, a couple with one kid. Mm, just to just to what? Like and, survive? And, <laughs> yes, just to survive. Oh, and God. the me- the median household income today is 31,000, okay? Mm. Where am I going with all of these numbers? Boomers can serve as great advisors, but they need to get the hell out of the workforce because we are losing, we are losing an opportunity for not just Xers. I mean, Xers are about ready to pop off and go to the Caribbean as it is, but for millennials and Gen Zs to be able to get in leadership positions or at least to train to get into leadership positions. And they are holding not just the positions, but also the revenues, the the, the dollars in those positions for themselves, right? The harsh cold fact are that boomers hold higher wages and companies are trying to increase profit margins today. Go figure, right? This is the economy that boomers built. And now it's biting them in the ass. And now they want us to feel sorry for it. I can't. That's the hardest part for me, right? Is I'm a 52-year-old guy. You would think that this is something that a younger, you know, 20-ish, 30-ish would say. No. Yeah, very much I've seen this actually happen all of these my mom my dad my my grandpa grandma they had amazing lives at a much different rate from an economy standpoint than we do right so in building a trickle down economy that never did right (laughs) now we're asked to feel sorry for them for something they built. And I just can't do it. So when we're talking about these numbers and all these wonderful 
conversations that you have about ageism and things like that. Why should a listener care at this point, whether ageism ageism exists or not? Because we have gender problems. We have racial problems. We have all these problems that have been around for decades and ages and ages and ages, right? That we haven't fixed. But as soon as a white dude turns 70 and he can't find a job, guess what? (laughs) Oh, there's a problem. Oh, wait a minute. There's a problem. So why should the listener care? Well, I'm not sure that a lot of people do think there's a problem. In fact, I think most people aren't even talking about this at all. So I'm not sure I agree with the assertion that, you know, we suddenly care because 70 year old white dudes are facing marginalization for the first time. (laughs) I I certainly, that's not why I'm talking about this. That's not why people listen to this. So why are you talking to it? Why are you talking about it? I'm talking to it because this is the one thing that comes for us all. And I'm in no way, shape or form suggesting that we are (laughs) through all of the work that we need to do on diversity, equity, and inclusion with regard to race or gender, I think we all fucking know we are in the basement there, right? And uh, that is obviously huge, hugely problematic. First of all, I think it's really important to step back and what you said about making way for the younger generations, that's not something I see as a problem in tech. In fact, if anything, I think that they are pushing the older people out of tech. And what you're speaking to perhaps is more of like an uh, all industry type view, right? Like not necessarily specific to tech. So when I look at tech companies, I don't think we have a problem about finding leaders in their earlier years. That's not an issue at all. I mean, I can't tell you how many tech companies I've been a part of that the CEO and the C-suite and you know people up and down the leadership ranks are very young, right? In fact, you don't see any representation of older people. But um, my sense is that this is not an either or type situation. We don't have to either care about race in the workplace or gender in the workplace or age in the workplace. I think we can care about all of these things. There are lots of different forms of marginalization out there, and we should be attacking all of them. That's my perspective. But the problem is we only have so much time and we only have and and let's just say, for, for instance, on the House floor or the Senate floor. They only have so much time. So they should we be spending time on this issue? Should they be spending time on this issue? Right. And I mean, it's it, it's it's interesting that we we're talking about this when uh, our United States Congress is what's the mean age there? I mean, it's like in the it's, upper it's up 60s. There. It's yeah. up there. But yeah. again, that's not tech. That's not tech. You're speaking to something that's very real and resonant and understandable, which is a lot of the anger that's justifiable in the younger generations against those who are older, who got us in this pickle to begin with. Like, I totally get that. I totally get that. But the reality is if these ageist stereotypes and these ageist myths and ageism generally persist, we're soon going to find ourselves in the shoes of the very people we're angry at right now. Right. Uh, We're going to find ourselves, but we're going to have less money up there while we're doing it. Right. (laughs) Unless we fix it. That's our, our key here. And, and to be able to focus more on, on the tech side of the house, one of the things that I think is incredibly important is that individuals who are, let's say, for instance, they're boomers, but they're still wanting to code or, or, or do those types of things. Many of them go into consulting because of these issues. They do. Right? Yeah, they get um, pushed out. Yeah. And and I believe that in most cases, many of them, to be quite frank, are going to make a hell of a lot more money in being able to do that. So, um, you know, whether they can take that as a key for another kind of like to, to, to continue to extend their professional life. Uh, I just believe that overall we have generations and we have too many in the workforce today, period. We, too we, many generations. Well, and here's the thing. 
we have, you take a look at the tech work versus the rest of the work, right? Because they're entirely different. I mean, in just about every company is a tech company. I know. What is isn't tech now? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, th- there are jobs in the U.S. that Americans don't want to do, which is a conversation around immigration, right? It's not a converse. It's not a conversation around whether the boomers will do it because they won't do it, right? So it's one of those things where we really have to break it down and say, okay, when can we withstand or continue to withstand having the individuals in the uh, in the workforce for, for that long. And if you're in tech and everybody wants to get in tech these days, is it is it even foreseeable for the, for the near future that we have people in their 50s in tech? I would hope so. But again, I, I, I don't know. And if you have this kind of feel like I just went through these different numbers, that's it, it doesn't look good. Let's just put it that way. Hey, quick break here. If you or anyone you know are looking for a new tech job and you're aiming for a company that understands the value of experienced workers, sign up for our email list where we'll send you jobs from companies that we hand select as a fit for tech employees over 40. Go to itgetsleteearly.com and add your email. Now back to the show. The reality of our changing demographics is that we are getting a lot older really, really quickly. And so these stereotypes that we have about older people we have to undo them or we're actually going to be at a business disadvantage. Like companies literally won't be able to fill jobs with the younger workforce demographic that is coming up the ranks. They literally need to employ older people. So that's the other reason that this is so important. But I think part of what you're speaking to in your assertions about ageism not necessarily being worth our while, I think really the the heart of your assertion is that you you want people to be in control of their own destiny, right? And what is happening today economically is that the younger generations are not for all the reasons you listed. And that sucks. That really no, sucks. It totally it's horrible. Sucks. Well, and you're right. The people coming up in the workforce, all of us, that we millennials, we, you know, the, I say we Gen Z, not quite, not, not exactly Maureen, nice try. Uh, but the, the Gen Z, Gen Alpha coming up the ranks, they're going to find themselves in the same shoes as those older people facing the same stereotypes if we don't get to work now. So this is not this is not a them versus us problem. This isn't everyone is going to face this. And so I, I just, I view it differently. I view it as an important thing. Again, it's not at the, in my view at all, it's not at the uh, detriment to working on race and gender and uh, LGBTQ and disability. It's not at all. It's all important. It's all critically important. I understand your perspective that there's only so much time And there's only so much we can focus on. But I think if you consider diversity as an element to focus on itself, like holistically diversity, I think we can I think we can win here because there are lots of studies out there that prove that diverse teams have more successful outcomes. So here's here's the funny part. Uh, The X generation X Xers, which I'm a part of when the boomers leave, there's going to be huge vacuum. So this is not going to be a problem for us. You're going to need us, period, right? So this is there's going to be a huge vacuum, and it's going to be a huge sucking sound when the, it's going to pull the Xers, <laughs> the Xers and millennials into these roles, whether they're ready or not. And the problem is they should be in these roles in many cases. Another issue that we have is that back, again, back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, we stopped through trickle-down economics, we stopped actually providing um, companies with tax incentives to teach and train their employees. Imagine that 
How, how important do you think that is, right? They use companies would spend money to train, which is why the skills gap didn't exist at the point that it does today, right? It wow. grew. Now there, there are some other factors. Don't get me wrong. Moore's law is one hell of a factor, um, in tech, in, in the speed of how tech has, has obviously progressed. That's another thing. But the thing is, we are not actually putting money into our workforce. The corporations aren't. They're sitting back and they're waiting for government to do that. Yep. That's not the government's job. The government's <laughs> job is not to sit around and produce people that, you know, that just pop up one day and they're the perfect candidate. It's your job to be able to do that, right? So the skills gap we, we watch just explode, much like the wage gap uh, explode, exploded. Yeah. So I think when we start to see the boomers move out because they're a very large population, there's going to be, a, again, that huge sucking sound that actually pulls us all up, right? If we haven't been there, we're going to be pulled up into those positions. And uh, the, the companies aren't going to have a choice. Where they do have a choice and they should be investing now is in their future leadership and being able to get them up to speed so that on day one, they don't have this huge skills gap. They're ready to uh, start running on day one. How much of this responsibility do you think lies on the employee, him or herself, with regard to getting the appropriate skills to be able to stay in the workforce? There's co-responsibilities that actually happen here, right? And, and, and accountability. For, for me, I have to know what I want to do, right? And, and I have to be able to know where I want to go with that, what kind of company, where I want to live, those types of things, right? From a company standpoint, they have to invest in said people. And I'll give you a great example. Um, the, the U.S. military, they invest in their people from the standpoint of they bring you into uh, the, the military. They take you through basic training just to get you ready, right? The Which basics. Intense, the, the, the basics. Way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was an infantry drill sergeant, so I got... I got a chance to do a little bit of that. I'm about, seeing uh, that. I love it. A little bit of that. Um, but anyway, then you go to your school and they actually take you through. I, the first school I went through was uh, 13 weeks and they teach you the trade, right? So that they can, and you're on contract for four years. So they teach you the trade and then you're in that trade for four years. What, No matter what it is, whatever your contract is, we're starting to see some like here locally, I'll give you a great example. There's an HVAC uh, company, plumbing company that uh, they actually pay for all of their kids coming out of high school or even, you know, who, who tried college, it didn't work for them. They come in, they pay for all their certifications, all their work. And then they're on a contract for two to three years, right? They're getting that skills gap closed. They are actually making sure that they're investing in their workforce so that long term, if you think about it, how much more loyal would you be if somebody paid for your hundred thousand dollars in schooling 100%. versus hundred percent yeah, versus versus not right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that, again, this is this is economics from the top down. When you've got a cohort, the boomers who paid three hundred and fifty eight bucks a year to go to school could pretty much afford that versus what we're doing today. There's a just a such a big Ugh. change in There's dynamic. Huge disparity. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's wild. College, it's a, it's a bubble. It's got to burst, right? Like, just like the internet bubble. Like, it cannot go on like this because 
we can't do it. Like no one can do it. And it's, it's hugely problematic. You know, I want to go back to something that we talked about earlier, which is, you know, the why behind focusing on ageism. And the reality is that intersectionality exacerbates greatly ageism. And so when you think about race plus an older person, right, being a person of color who's also older or being a woman who is also older, that's a massive issue. And so whether you like it or not, these things are compounding, right? So, uh, and there was a study that came out in the Harvard Business Review recently, Amy Deal and some of her uh, academic cohorts put together this research on women and how there's essentially no right age to be a woman in the workplace as a leader. They are either considered too young, don't know what they're doing, can't figure it out, or they're considered has-beens too old, out of touch, so on and so forth. That stat sounded like a Don Lemon stat. It was pretty much like your past, your past, your, your prime. past, your prime. And that's the reality. People think that way, and it's it's got a hugely deleterious effect on society. You consider the gender wage gap, and when you put women of color in there, it's massive. And guess what? I'm sorry, we women, for better or worse, and a lot of times I think for worse, we live longer than men, right? So this has huge impacts on society. Right. So this is not something we can just push to the side because the intersectionality makes it worse. And there needs to be a shitload more research on this. I'm actually trying to get at the data from the EEOC or the Bureau of Labor Statistics or whatever I can that actually puts age alongside race, alongside gender and across different industries to figure out what's happening here. Because right now we have a lot of qualitative data, right? We have a lot of survey data on how people feel and how much age comes into the equation for them in their workplace. But I want the actual numbers. So I am trying to find those numbers so we can have raw data to illustrate exactly what is going on here. So this is not something we can turn a blind eye to because it all compounds on, on itself. Do you have a work issue you just can't seem to solve? Ann Morris and Francis Fry want to help you. They're leadership coaches who have solved problems at some of the world's biggest companies. Now they're sharing their expertise with you on their podcast, Fixable. No dilemma is too big or too small. Call 234-FIXABLE to fix your issues in 30 minutes or less. Really. Once again, that's 234-FIXABLE. And don't forget to tune into Fixable to hear their problem solving in action. Back to the show. Agreed. But this is where I go back to my stance that there's way too much that we have to focus on before we start focusing on ageism. If we focus on, there are only 8% of uh, females as CEOs in Fortune 500 companies, right? Only less than a handful of them are women of color. Okay. Yep. So Huge problem. take a look at black men or Hispanic men in CEO positions, Fortune 500 companies, right? So we have issues that have happened for generations, right? This is a problem that's just happening now. It's a new problem. It hasn't been happening that long. Comparatively, we need to fix our shit from centuries ago. We need we to. Do. We have to. The thing is, I understand the intersectionality, which I love that word, by the way, because it does make sense because it does impact uh, let's say black females who are boomers who still need to make money, right? The thing is the ageism piece itself pulls a bunch of other people into the category who haven't been affected for generations. Let's focus on the people who have been affected for generations first. Let's focus on them and try to fix that. And then 
I don't th- to be quite frank, I don't think ageism is going to be a problem for, let's say, another five years. We blow all the boomers out of the workforce. There's going to be this huge sucking sound. Everybody's going to be pulled <laughs> into. They're going to be pulled into the seats and the chairs and, and the board seats and what that they should have been for the last decade. Right. So personally, I think this is a short, I think, I think a short amount of time where we're going to say ageism is a problem. And you think it's going to self-correct. You think it'll self-correct when people get in there. When you have a cohort that is this big, that has to leave the workforce, whether they die or they just can't do the, the, the job anymore. We're humans. I mean, that's, it's what we do, right? It's what (laughs) we we do. We can't do the job or, you know, yeah. We, or, we fuck or, a ton of yeah. shit up while we're at it, though. <laughs> we, we try. We try. We try. <laughs> we try our best. Actually, we don't even have to try to do it. We just do it naturally. We're really good. So, so from my standpoint, I I agree. It's a problem, but it's a problem that is not as big as females in leadership, female wage gap, especially when we start talking about just like you had said, black females get paid seventy five. Was it no seventy seven? I think seventy seven cents. Yeah, yeah, on the dollar versus yeah. it's it's right? wild. It's terrible. Hispanic sixty five. I mean, it's even lower, yeah. right? So it's like it's atrocious. Th- those are things that we can impact people who are living now, right? And that have been happening for generations. Now that we have a certain cohort, boomers, who created this economy they're living in right now, they voted for it. They worked in it. They had the spoils of it. They had $24,000 homes. I can't feel sorry for them. I understand. I understand that. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of very righteous anger at the older generations, for sure. For sure. But I, I, my sense is that we still need to work on this because we will be assuming, as you said, those chairs will be sucked into those positions. And I don't think those stereotypes just evaporate overnight i mean there are reasons oh that they are do jokes. when you're the stereotype you're they ex- they with the, the kids the, the gen z's of tomorrow don't exist yet today right <laughs> they don't but so so to, to think that we're con- we will continue this routine and thought it's not going to happen because the the millennials which are the next big boomer population right they're the ones who are going to fill those positions, and then and then the narrative changes completely. So you think the millennials are going to be able to do the heavy lifting of dismantling ageist stereotypes on their own without having any sort of pro-age sort of platform or thought process? I just don't see well, that. Until until they stay too long. When they stay too long, Oof. when you're one, when you're Oof, that one unwanted guest. When you're that unwanted guest and it's three party, o'clock in the morning yeah. and you are just drunk <laughs> off your ass, right? And we've got to show you to, 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 to the guest room that we really didn't want to have want, to show you to in the, the bed, first place. Right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> the bed's unmade, okay? No, I mean, <laughs> but, but that, that seems like a really cruel thing to think about people. I don't necessarily subscribe to this concept of make way for other people. I, I mean, we have now a hundred year life expectancy. I mean, shit, we need to earn money for a long ass time. And, and these people are just, they're, they're the people going ahead of us, right? And we will get there. I mean, there is a reason that there are all these jokes right now. The corporate bro is out there on his social media doing videos about how 
which cracks me up, about how he as a millennial is getting like shamed for being a millennial by his younger Gen Z cohorts and colleagues, like getting, you know, like this is real. Like people are always shitting on the generation above them. Like, I don't love that about humanity, but it is something we do. And so So, I I think we're going to find ourselves in the very same place if we aren't more mindful about the way in which we, we conceive of others, right? Oh yeah, so it, it's it's hilarious because that would never happen to a Gen X, right? We were the feral generation, right? They, they're not going to shame us into anything because we don't give a shit, right? So <laughs> m- millennials, millennials, you can shame, you can shame. So, okay, here we are with the age of stereo- okay, generational stereotypes. It is here. true. Like, oh, you you little snowflake, Maureen, you're clutching your pearls <laughs> over here. <laughs> Oh, they want us out. And it's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, okay, so think of it. Think of it. No, think of it though. Gen think X of it. don't think give a shit. No, we don't. We don't. I mean, we look who we were raised by. We were raised by boomers who, who were raised by the greatest generation. How do you get raised by the greatest generation and not have a huge chip on your shoulder? Right? <laughs> boomers, boomers did. And then they implanted it into our incredibly small Gen X cohort, right? And you take a look at it. Take a look at it. We we are the last feral generation when it comes to <laughs> giving a shit, right? We just don't. We don't. Millennials do, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The but because big difference, we give a shit, there's diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. I'm telling you, like that's we're exactly the ones right. who are no, like that, carrying the flag. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. The thing is, there, there's the good and the bad, right? You give a shit about what people are saying about you. And then you do something about it. From our standpoint, we learned from pretty much our, our parents and grandparents, the greatest generation, that you just put your head down, shut the fuck up and go to work, right? Yeah. And everything will work that, out. And then it fucking exactly. didn't. Yeah. But no, I get it. but, but it is, it works for us because we're the okay. small group that nobody pays attention to. <laughs> we're in leadership <laughs> positions. As boomers move out, we move in. And they are a much larger cohort. So guess what? Just by the instance of numbers, right? Huge numbers, boomers out. We're automatically pushed into it. Then millennials, another big cohort. You guys are going to be, I I think you'll fight between Gen Z's, but X's, nobody even realizes we're around sometimes. (laughs) Amazing. I want to hear more rants from Gen X. Please tell me more. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Talking about drinking out of the, drinking out of the hose because mom won't let you back in the house. I mean, you know. (laughs) The latchkey kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The latchkey generation. My God. But again, but again, but again, think about it. My mindset is it was created by boomers and the greatest generation, right? And my mindset tells me exactly what they would say to you guys. Why should I give a damn? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I think, you know what? I think the millennials give many dams. And I think they we do. give dams. No, they do. Uh, here, here's they do. what I will. I'm going to own this for the millennial crew, okay? I think the reason that we are now waking up to ageism is that we went from the vaunted, most sought after candidate pool ever. I mean, IBM was like, blatantly saying we want to cut old heads to bring in millennials. Like this is real. Like there, there, we were the sought after Money. crew. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. Because they want to pay us less. Right. Uh, young blood pay us less. But 
we finally are finding ourselves in this position where we are suddenly not it. Like they don't care about us the way they used to. It's now (laughs) shifting to Gen Z and after them, it'll be Gen Alpha. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not used to this not being in the limelight thing. What? This is some bullshit. And then we woke up and we're like, wait a second. That's why there are hilarious meme accounts everywhere, like millennial misery, right? Like, like that's why we're making all these jokes about 90s kids references because we're like, holy shit, we're old now. We're not it anymore. And that's why we started to care about it. So I'll own that. I'll be like, holy shit, I didn't think I was going to turn 40. Like, not because I thought I was going to die, just because I thought aging happened to other people, not to me, you know? (laughs) And so now I'm here and I'm like, well, shit, I'm not done yet. Like, I'm not ready to just be pushed to the side. And I see what's happening above me in the tech world. And even below me, some people feel like they're being aged out. I was called a dino at age 37, right? So like, this is a real thing. And so now we're we're extending that concern to others. I'm I'm a very selfless kind person, Chad, I'll have you know. But it also <laughs> wouldn't have played very well for me to do this podcast back when I was 18. So there's yes. that. But you know, I yes. think we as a generation, we also have deeply cared about human rights, as does Gen Z. And in fact, hat tip to Gen Z, I feel like they've done even more than millennials. But we started yes. the pro- progression into, hey, we should all give a fuck about other people, right? We should care about people of different races. We should care about people of yeah. different genders, different different sexual uh, identities. Like, come Love who you on. love. Yeah, none of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah, fucking care. We, and and no. this matters to us about where we go to work. But I think <laughs> the reason that I'm seeing all these jokes everywhere and why I started to kind of get the sense that I should I should talk about this is that mm-hmm. we realize, holy shit, it's not us anymore. Right. It's not us. And we see ourselves possibly walking off, waltzing off into the sunset, into obsolescence. And we're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. So, yeah, yeah, that's so, my millennial uh, hot take. I think the the difference between millennials and and uh, Gen Xers is that you guys give a shit. Yeah, we just we just, we we just don't. I mean, really about it, ourselves. But now and now here's the be- <laughs> but here's the beautiful thing. Yes, yes, yes. I agree, hundred percent. And in, in the movements, I love the movements. Like my kids were deep into like Pride and all the That's different awesome. movements. Yes, and and that makes me proud as a parent. But the thing is, as, as Gen Xers, when people would look at us and look for guilt and shame, we would tell them to fuck off because we just didn't <laughs> care. We were programmed <laughs> that way, right? To not so, yes. Care. But the basic economics and just numbers is what is really what I came to this podcast with, right? Yes, there's, there's going to be some, some, some hot takes, no question. But when it comes down to what the boomers had and what they, have today versus what yourself or a Gen Z has to be able to live on and the poverty in the US is yes. Totally. Why should I give a shit? Right? Now I get it from the standpoint of, well, we're gonna be there one day. I don't think that this is going to be a discussion that we're having in 20 years. That would be awesome. That would mean we, we we won, right? I hope you're right. I hope we're as highly evolved as you know Gen Z and the millennials have been in terms of caring about difference and caring about human rights and, and civil rights, right? I hope you're it's right. It's a number really game. It's not about caring. It's just going to go away. Because you think that sort of mentality with these generations is going to be, we're going to be the people in those positions. Is that what you're we're saying? We're humans. We're not that smart. Yeah. 
we we, we <laughs> deal with what actually we deal with what actually hits us on a day to day stand. Right, we, that's what we do. We so don't when, learn. When, no, this huge population leaves. We 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 fill the vacuum, and we're like, oh my god, this is amazing. I can't believe this actually. Exists. <laughs> Why didn't it exist before? It's because those bastards wouldn't get out of their spots. That's right. So <laughs> I, I think I think that's what we're looking at. And oh and the days of here's the thing is. This is not a class. This is not a, like a generation kind of like fight. This is, this is the companies are the ones who are making this happen, right? Because they can, they can get rid of a boomer and they can hire a millennial for a hell of a lot less, or they can hire two Gen Z's, right? That is the math they're doing. That's the problem. This, this generation kind of like fighting back. That's not the issue. That's, we need to focus on, and, and this is I one of the that. things that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely behind the UAW when they're looking at wages. They gave things up, right? They want things back that they gave up. That's what we should be looking at to be able to support them because that helps us all the way around. Trying to do this as individuals is not going to work because you don't have the power, right? You don't have the collective power. We need to get back to collective power. You're right. The employers are the ones in the driver's seat here, right? Like we like we have any control over the situation, right? I, I will say though, just a quick side note, like employers are made up of individuals, right? So we all come to the table with our own specific preconceived notions and biases, subconscious or not, right? And so what we feel does impact the way employers operate, but you're absolutely right. Cash is king. Employers are going to do what they're going to do. And so I think taking this fight, if we want to call it that, to the employers and educating them, even if it's if it's carrot or stick, I don't give a shit, right? But they need to make the change. The intergenerational warfare that we're discussing here, like that's not going to be solved necessarily. And that's not the driving factor here. That's just kind of a sideshow. I, I agree with you entirely. If we don't dismantle the way in which we feel about older people, guess what? Freaking tomorrow, you're going to be an older person, right? And so you're going to have that same shit. I don't think that that just evaporates. I don't. I, I hope you're right. I want it to evaporate. That would mean there would be absolutely no reason to even have this podcast. So cool. I'll have a lot more free time. But like this is, I don't believe this is something that happens overnight. And so I think that starting the conversation now is important. And I, I sense too that, you know, people aren't, I don't know if you've looked around in, in terms of, of our people here in America, but we're not exactly the best savers. I think the average American family has something like, and granted, let's be clear, tech workers are not necessarily the average American family, if you will. However, we are saving, I think the stat that I heard recently is that we have about four to 8,000, something like that, four to 8,000 in emergency funds, right? On average per family. That doesn't cover your rent in most places, right? Like, or, or your food for a month. Like we are screwed. And so we haven't been good about this. And there's this thing called lifestyle creep, right? I know I've been guilty. Every time I've gotten a raise, I'm like, oh, suddenly I can do something else with my money, right? Like this is a psychological issue that we have in this country. I don't know what it is, if capitalism run rampant perhaps, but I, I sense that there are a good number of people who are in the boomer generation, right? With whom you have righteous indignation, I get it, but who have not set themselves up well. And so the concept of just get Jim out of the way or just get Sally out of the way because he or she or they or whatever, however you identify are older individuals 
I find that to be cruel and unfair. I I find our current economy, which they create, they created to be cruel and unfair. But they like the rank and file employee at an average company didn't do that. Right? That in, wasn't the system the, that they in their architected 60s? necessarily. Like in the sixties, the government in their, in their, maybe we can 60s? get pissed to the government. <laughs> who did? Who voted them in? That's true, but people are dumb. Remember, we're all dumb. Well, well, I, so, so a couple of things. First off, I'm not angry at boomers. My mom and my dad, and I mean, I I love boomers. The thing is, these are stats. These are this is reality. Yeah. As we talk about reality yeah. today, that's what reality is. Now, before the pandemic, you talk about having four thousand dollars in your bank account. The average American had one thousand dollars in their bank account. Oof. Stimulus checks, those oh, things. The is that government what got us up to four. <laughs> My God, allowing Oof. us to actually yes, exactly. So we have to focus more on this on the system, and the system needs to be fed dollars by corporate America, and and we just have way too much of this corporate welfare that's happening. That we are aligned I, there, yeah. But the the boomers are what created the current economic situation that we are in today, which goes back to, again, we're all the way around. Why <laughs> should I give two shits whether boomers are still in the workforce or not? Again, I get it. Like, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand the anger. It makes sense. And I think many, many people I'm not share angry. It. It's just data. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, but I would, I would argue that there are a lot of people in that cohort who were maybe not aware of the impact of their votes, right? Yeah, you could argue perhaps they should have been, right? But it, it, we're not particularly great at seeing the force of the trees in this country, I would say, and humanity generally isn't either. I would imagine there are quite so many boomers who are likewise frustrated with what's going on in today's climate. And I would hope that they are uh, at least somewhat sympathetic to the plight of those below them. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that those who are in that core cohort have actually proactively saved enough for themselves to live to 100 or 100 fucking 20, whatever it is now. Right. Like this is a reality. We didn't know necessarily that the human longevity was going to increase to the extent it has. And so I would imagine quite some many of those people have not done a great job with financial planning. And yes, there's personal responsibility for sure. And maybe we should do more of that. But the corporate greed in our country is such a devastating thing. I mean, it has laid waste. I mean, look at the freaking Sacklers and what they did to our country. It makes me sick to think of what they did. You can't even quantify it. It's just so devastating. But corporations are doing a lot of this. And I don't necessarily think that placing, and again, I know you're quoting statistics and you're saying you're not angry, right? But I don't blame boomers per se for a lot of these, these ales. I blame corporate America and crappy politicians. Which the boomers voted in, but which they voted in. I get it. I get it. I get it. So personal responsibility equals rugged individualism, which is the bullshit propaganda we bought into back in the eighties. The American dream also, Mm -hmm. well, and the American dream also is keeping up with the Joneses, which is what you're talking about. When you get an increase, you just got to go spend it. Right. Yep. So, I mean, we've turned into from a country that makes stuff to a country that buys stuff. stuff. Yeah. So, so again, yeah, lots back, of problems, man. <clears throat> back to this economy. 
if we were still making stuff here, there would be more jobs at different levels for yeah. these quote unquote boomers who have to stay in. Not to mention, we didn't even talk about pensions, which got taken away mm, during yeah. the boomers time like in life. Those. Right? I would like one of those. Yeah. Well, move to Europe and get a passport. That's all yeah. I can say. I'm working on it, Chad. <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up. Okay. All right. I'm working one, on it. <laughs> one day, one day. You, you, you're, you're on a great path. <laughs> you seem to be having a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. It's fun. Um, lucky to be able to talk into a mic for a living and, uh, and, and also come on to, to podcasts like this with, with you and to have, even if you don't think they should exist. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think for me, the, the biggest, the biggest point about these, these podcasts is we have to have challenging conversations because if we don't, that shit gets boring and nobody wants to listen. We have I mean, to have to challenging conversations. Entertaining. Yeah. I well, mean, no one wants to listen. Yeah. yeah. Entertainment yeah. and education, edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're nothing if not entertaining. I'll say that. Thank you. Uh, your podcast is awesome. And I'm, I'm also hoping to pull in quite some number of those sound effects that you use. And like I said, that cool, like the most dangerous podcast. Like I want to do all those things. So I'm going to just take like major, major uh, tips from you. Like I'm, any, I'm here to help. Any advice help. that I can grab from you and or your wonderful co-host, Joel Cheeseman would be great. But Sounds Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a, a, a mentoring opportunity that I'm, I'm more than likely I, I'm here for. I love it. I love it. I mean, mentorship matters, right? That's what we could do with those old boomers, right? In the workplace, they can mentor people like me. So, should have been already. Thank you. Should have been already. Yes. <laughs> should have been already, right? They should have been already. And some companies have done a good job at that and some not so much. So Agreed. thank you so much, Chad. This has been such a lively and fun discussion. It's been eye-opening for me. I think uh, you brought to the table some really great perspective and I'm super grateful to have had you here. So thank you. I appreciate coming on and, and be more than happy to come on when, whenever else you need somebody to, to, to have a, uh, a, a <laughs> friendly, friendly discourse with. I love that. I love that. Well, your perspective is always welcome here and uh, we'll have you back at some point for sure. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today. At it gets late early. I hope this episode was insightful and entertaining. Now, before you go, if you're old and work in tech, just like me, I have something really cool for you. We're putting together a job board specifically for seasoned tech workers, where we'll curate the best opportunities for experienced tech talent. If you want a place to look for work where you can trust there won't be so much bias in the hiring process, go to itgetsleteearly.com and sign up so you'll be the first to know when we launch it. Thanks and see you next time.